Hello and welcome to another episode of Guiding You Home. My name's Travis Avila. I'm joined by Senior Guapo, Mr. Jeff Landon. Travis Avila. What's Good to up, see you, buddy. buddy. You too. And Mr. Adam Nixon. Giddy up, baby. How are we doing? Doing great, man. Talking uh, escrow process. It's kind of interesting. We get these questions all the time. We thought, hey, let's just spend 30, 45 minutes just walking people through the process. Why, Adam? Yeah. I mean, it's something that's it's not necessarily sexy, but it's part of every home purchase is escrow. And it's really important. This isn't just buying a car where it's like, hey, I'll give you $5,000 on a Civic, but it's you're buying a big purchase. It takes time. And there are certain steps in there to protect both buyers and sellers. And they're really important. So we go over that. And I think the escrow process is pretty hot, personally. <laughs> well, you're, you're the only one. I'm playing uh, hard to get. But a lot of times people, you know, buyers, sellers, they don't understand the process. They're not in it day in and day out like yeah. we yeah. are. And they feel like dumb for asking questions, and they're not dumb questions. It's mm -hmm. just they're not in it. So we wanted to just, like, take it, like, base level, as very easy simple. as we can, very simple, and try to explain it. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode on the escrow process. Hello and welcome to Guiding You Home, a real estate resource for buyers, sellers, investors, and enthusiasts. We're here to help you make informed decisions on real estate opportunities by bringing you fresh market insights from experts in the field. This and every episode is brought to you by Landmark Real Estate Group in San Luis Obispo County, California. You can find us at landmarkslow.com. Welcome to the show. All right, boys, how you doing? Doing so good. But if my youthful self saw my present day self, he would be severely disappointed. We, oh, that's a do we need wow. that's a can of worms? I don't know. I, I think we're like gonna we don't leave have that time one. for that. We're gonna leave okay, that one. We'll leave that one out. Okay. Oh, and it's soccer. You know what we but, do have time for, guys? Escrow process. Escrow process. Well, hold up, but besides escrow, how fun was pickleball this last week? Oh, Got you boys playing dude. pickleball finally. And yeah, is it, it's sweeping the nation. There's a reason for it. Well, this guy shows up like an hour early and pre-plays, <laughs> pre so he's all loose. And he's like, oh, why are you, you guys losing so bad? Loose but wearing spandex. <laughs> why are you guys so bad at this? Yeah. <laughs> it's a leotard. A leotard. <laughs> a full body suit. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, oh, it's yeah. So fun. Uh, it's going to be good. We're going to play again on Thursday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good. Come on, come on. Okay, now. On the business. On the business. So um, why do a whole podcast episode on the escrow process? I think these are just things that we are kind of talking about. What are questions we get all the time from clients? And I think even the whole escrow process sometimes has questions that people are maybe even afraid to ask because they're like, ah, oh, maybe I should know this. Yeah. But it's just a great topic for us to go over. It's something that's in our world every day, but we wanted to have it to be where it's easily shareable with friends and family members to say, hey, here's what an escrow, what kind of high level, what it entails. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. Yeah. Yeah. We want to take this in sort of eight sections, eight parts. Um, the first is just describing what are escrow and title. So these can be one and the same. They can be separate. Are you wanting to take notes, Jeff? <laughs> I sent it to you already. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Good. You need notes. <laughs> Some notes would be good. Some notes would be good. You don't just know all this stuff off the top of your head? Pretty he much. Does. But Senior you guys Guapo. made it so nice and categorized. Yeah. 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 Okay. So escrow and title. Jeff, why don't you tell us? These can be the same thing, they can be different. Um, what are they, though? Okay. So escrow is a company that manages the process of following the contract exactly T. Um, I don't know. T to the T. Z. To the T. 
the right, right A word. through Z, to, A the through Z to the T. <laughs> and so they, you know, you, they're, they're making sure that the both parties, the seller and the buyer, abide by the contract. And there's what's called joint escrow instructions in the purchase agreement in California. The instructions tell the escrow party exactly what to do, how to act, um, how to maintain money, things like this. Um, and then uh, the title policy is a little bit different. Titles ensuring that the uh, uh, transfer of real property from the seller to the buyer happens in a way that's correct and that the title actually exists properly. There's no what we call an encumbrance on the title so that the full ownership of the property goes to... Can be transferred, the, to, be the, transferred to the buyer. The buyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, great. So there's a lot of... Let me, let me summarize to make sure I understand you. There's a lot of paperwork and a lot of money being transferred between buyer and seller. And you need a third, neutral third party yep. to sort of mediate and navigate that process. And that is escrow. That's right. And Very titles important. involved as well. Okay. Um, anything more to say on that, Adam? Just typically that escrows can be on about 30 days, sometimes a little bit shorter, um, sometimes a little bit longer, 45 days, 60 days, but typically 30 days on average. How about this? There's a lot of escrow and title companies. How do you know who to choose? Is it, is it whose choice is it? Ours? It's no. actually part of the negotiation between yeah. the buyer and the seller. We make pretty strong recommendations with people that we're very comfortable working with, um, but really it's up to the buyer and the seller to, to work that out. I'd say the biggest thing, um, and the reason we use who we use for escrow and title is just communication. Mm-hmm. There's a lot yep. of moving parts. It's um, like you said, Jeff, it's new to most buyers and sellers. And so, um, yeah, you need somebody who communicates clearly. And so that's really important when choosing an escrow and title company. Yeah. And we, you know, we've worked with so many different escrow companies. There are different you know, calibers. Like we have certain companies that really hit it out of the park. And there's other ones I've worked with where it's like, oh, that could have been smoother. Yeah, you know? sure. Um, well, they didn't tell us about this red flag till the last week, you know. And yeah, and it's the biggest financial decision most people make in their lifetime. So you want to get that part right. Yeah, so exactly. Good. Okay, so um, Adam, you mentioned escrow. Normally about 30 days. It can be shorter. It can be longer. That's all negotiating um, leverage uh, either way. And so escrow opens, right? And so um, let's talk about the contingency periods. There are really three of them. Um, Adam, you want to start us off? Sure. Yeah. So there's three main ones, inspection contingency period. So that's anything you want to physically inspect about the property. And that's typically 17 days. And then second is going to be your appraisal contingency. And that's exactly what it is. You get an appraisal on the property, make sure it appraises okay. And then the third one is going to be your loan contingency to make sure the loan's buttoned up. Of course, if you're going to be an all-cash buyer, typically don't need an appraisal or a loan contingency. Sometimes you do. And then there might be other contingencies during that process. Say you want to have it contingent on you finding a replacement property first. Sometimes people are like, what am I going to do if I sell my house and I have nowhere to live? You can actually make a contingent on you getting into escrow on another place. Um, Just like someone could actually make an offer contingent on you actually selling your place before you get into that place. So we're going to break. Yeah, it's really good. We're going to take one of these at a time. But Jeff, if you could kind of explain what's the point of the contingency periods overall? Yeah. So when I say, hey, if you you have these contingency periods, people are like, well, what does that mean? It means that that gives both you or the seller the ability to back out of the contract without losing the earnest money for the buyer specifically. And the reason why we have these is we don't want um, you know, the process to go on and on without having the buyer having some skin in the game. 
Mm-hmm. So the way it works in California typically is most contingencies are up about 17 days. You can shorten it, you can lengthen it, depending on how attractive you want to make the offer look. But you propose certain contingency period, and then you go through that period. And at the end of those, let's say the investigation period, you feel you feel satisfied with the investigations of the property. You release the contingency. Once you've released all the contingencies, then you uh, would lose your earnest money deposit if you were to back out of the contract. Now, why that's important is the seller has all their eggs, right, in the basket of selling their house. And the, the, the buyer has very little skin in the game until the contingencies are removed. And then they have a lot of skin in the game. So that's, like, that's kind of the goal is that both parties would eventually have skin in the game so that the process goes all the way to execution and closing um, and be a successful transaction. You said that the buyers release their contingencies. What does that mean? How do, how do they do that? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, the way I say it when I'm walking through the transaction, it's going to be it's an actual pa- piece of paper that you're going to sign that says you're releasing this contingency. Mm-hmm. You could be specific. You can release all of them. And when we get to that point in the transaction, we make it very clear. We remind them now. this is where there's no going back. The point of no return without you losing your earnest money. Do you feel comfortable with what we found out so far? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's it. So it's actually literally a piece of paper you sign. You give it to the uh, listing agent. Once they received it, then you've released your contingencies. Great. Okay. Payments. There's a lot of money going back and forth. Um, there's three or four big payments. There's the initial down payment, initial deposit, earnest money, earnest money, yeah. all kinds of different names. That's typically 1% to 3% of the purchase price, and that is due usually three days after an accepted offer. right? Mm-hmm. And you can take that into the escrow company as a, with the check. You can wire it, but that money's due then. Then there's the down payment. So Jeff, talk about down payment. Yeah, so uh, the earnest money tends to go to towards the down payment um, in the contract. The down payment is when you're getting a loan, there's a certain amount of money that, requi- that the lender typically requires. There are 100% loans, but most of the time there's monies that are re- required, um, and that could be a percentage. Three, five, 10, 20, 50% if you want, but whatever that money that's required to be put into the transaction without the li- with, uh, not including the lender's money that's coming in, that is the down payment. And when does the down payment do? Down payment typically comes in the last kind of week of the, you know, you could, you could, you could honestly do it whenever you want, but it usually comes in the last week of the, the closing. Okay. And then the actual loan payment. So when is that? That's the, so you have the, the um, down payment and then whatever the else. The loan funding, right? The loan funding. Yeah. yeah. The, so the loan funding, it's interesting. Uh, typically it comes in the day before close. So everybody's kind of got their fingers crossed, like get that wire in, get that wire. <laughs> Has the wire come in yet? You know, that's the questions we're all asking. Yeah. And that's from the lender. Good. And then uh, there's some closing costs. Adam, can you talk about that? Because a lot of times people are aware of, um, they're aware that there's a loan and they're aware that there's a down payment. They don't often know that, you know, that earnest money is due pretty quick once you open escrow. But it, like you said, Jeff, it's part of not in addition to the down payment. There's closing costs though. And sometimes um, we, we try to be very, very um, open, transparent, right up front, what they are. Like what's involved? 
in the closing costs? Yeah, great question. Because a lot of times people just think, oh, I need a down payment, down payment, down payment for the house. And that's mainly what they're thinking about. And the initial deposit and down payment, those all go together. Your initial deposit applies towards your down payment. But yeah, there's going to be fees for if you do a home inspection, if you, you're going to split escrow fees, there might be a fee for processing the loan. So those are conversations we like to have on the front end and to set expectations. It's a little bit of a variable cost and it is something we at least like to have a ballpark in mind before we head into the transaction. And then it also can be negotiated. We've had some offers where we write and we say the seller is going to credit the buyer closing costs or vice versa. So it is something that just needs to be accounted for and factored into your overall purchase price. Yeah, because when we say cash to close, that includes like your down payment plus these additional things like home inspections, yeah. all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, and that, those those closing costs include appraisal mm-hmm. you know, and they close that and they include the title so like all these things we don't really notary think notary fee notary fees yes yeah. um the county uh, transfer ta- transfer tax could be one of those closing costs recording fees all these that we don't really think about but they can add up to thousands and thousands of dollars yeah which is significant i remember my first time buying a house um my agent was somewhere in hawaii or something and we had like almost no guidance stacy and i and then they're like okay here's your closing costs we're like, wait, what? Like, what are these? Mm. You know, it's super frustrating. Yeah. So just knowing like ahead of time, we can give people pretty good numbers just talking to their lenders. Like, hey, it's going to be right around here. And we can do yeah. kind of a rough, you know, don't don't shoot the messenger, but it's going to be right around here kind of net sheet. And that's really helpful. Good. Okay, let's talk about the physical inspection period. Our favorite. Yeah, so this is, um, you guys mentioned, usually it's 17 days on the contract unless you change it. So within that 17 days, what happens in the physical inspection? There's a lot that can happen. In the simplest sense, usually it's a home inspection and a termite inspection. And um, so sometimes both of those can open up a lot more inspections if people have concerns about what they see in them. Um, and the reason why I actually enjoy it is because I always want to know what's going on with the home. And there's a history there that's maybe unseen. Um, and so the, the home inspector goes in there and he really looks at everything from uh, the HVAC system to the plumbing system to electrical to mechanical, everything is looked at. Um, the any type of issue that there might be that's uh, things that aren't to code um, sometimes are called out. Things that were done maybe inappropriately done or done not not correctly, uh, those are called out, and um, you get this really good overview. It's a, you know it's a packet of information that you get to look at. And uh, it gives the, the buyer a real good sense of like, hey, this house was taken care of or there's a lot that I need to address. And what's interesting from that is if you're like, let's say you're looking at the uh, plumbing of the home and it's all uh, galvanized and cast iron, right, for the drain. So galvanized water lines, but cast iron drain lines. You know, you know that in the future, there's probably going to be a lot of uh, expense around plumbing. Pl- plumbing. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's knob and tube, which we still see today in houses, knob and tube wiring, uh, you know, somewhat antiquated wiring. You know, it might work fine, but it is way outdated and it's not grounded. So there's some safety concerns, especially if you have like little ones or expensive equipment that's in the house plugged in. Yeah. So um, those things, you know, can be some red flags for buyers that you might not see walking through. The house could have been really well kept. And then you go, wow, there's maybe a little bit more that I need to consider in this. Um, 
you know, transaction and moving forward. Yeah, the sellers are required to do disclosures, right? Mm-hmm. Where they let the buyers know everything they know about the home, what's been done, all these kinds of things. But, you know, maybe they haven't lived it. Maybe it's tenant occupied and they haven't been in it. Or they just, they're not experts. So a home inspection yeah. is great to give the buyers a sense. And it protects the sellers too, right? It's like, here's mm-hmm. what's going on. It protects them in a few ways. One from negotiating, uh, lower purchase price, which we'll get into, but then also just so the buyers know what they're getting. Yeah, into, for like right? five hundred bucks, it's yeah. the money well spent. Yeah, it could be five hundred to like around eight hundred, depending on the size of the home and How foundation type yeah. of units, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, let's say five to eight hundred dollars. You know, pest inspection is about a hundred bucks. Um, home inspection, what it is not, you won't walk away with a home inspector saying like, here's all the things that are probably wrong with the home and here's the cost to, mm, yeah, it's not point. that. We, and we've had certain clients that were like, wait, this isn't what I expected. You know, I wanted to know how much everything was going to cost. Like, well, that's, that's where you get estimates. It takes lots of time to get estimates. So, um, a lot of times we can have a ballpark figure from a contractor be like, yeah, ballpark, these typically run this, but that's mm-hmm. just ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think overview with the inspection too, I kind of liken it to just a general checkup with the doctor. It's an overview and mm-hmm. the home inspector is doing the same thing. They might call out, hey, the roof looks like it's beyond its useful life yep. or the HVAC. Then you need to have a specialist come out. And so that's where it's kind of up to the potential buyers. Like, okay, now do you want an HVAC tech to come out and actually give you an actual quote on this or a roofer to come out and say, here's what it would cost to repair it yeah. or put on a whole new roof and you can get into greater detail. Yeah. And so... um at the end of these 17 days, um, you can either, um, you can say, hey, this is way more than we thought and we're not comfortable and you back out of the contract right. without penalty and, or losing your earnest mm-hmm. money deposit, right? Um, the other thing you can do is you can um, just remove that physical inspection contingency and say, we will not back out of this contract for anything related to the physical inspection of the yeah. home. And if we're we okay do, with the condition of the home. We're yep. okay with it. We forfeit our earnest money deposit. Yeah. Um, the other thing you can do, which we'll get into next, is request for repairs. So, uh, Jeff, what does that mean, request for repairs? So, yeah, this is the opportunity for the buyer to um, get some compensation based on the you know, condition of the home. So let's say, let's go back to plumbing. Let's say the plumbing is, it looks like within the next five years, it needs to be replaced in the home and it's $20,000. They might go to the seller and say, hey, look, like everything looked great when we looked at the house, but this $20,000 bill for plumbing was something we didn't expect to happen. And so we would like $20,000 off the price or, um, you know, it could be a combination or we could have 15000 off towards closing costs and 5000 off the price because there's kind of a cap on how much you can, ask for typically with uh, closing cost assistance from the seller and you could approach it different ways, you know, and then, and then if they, if they say no, then you could go back and forth a couple of times. Maybe it's okay. Fine. You know, maybe if you guys want to replace the plumbing, most sellers are just going to say no to that because they don't want to take the time and open up that kind of can of worms, but they're going to say no, but you could say, then why don't you fix it? Then if it's, you know, we're not just trying to get money um, out of you, we would like to have this addressed. So there's different, you know, kind of ways to look at it. Uh, typically, what we we see happen in our our market is people want some kind of concession uh, financially. Um, some of the small stuff the seller will knock out and they just get done, but the bigger items usually ends up in the buyer's lap because it's still kind of a seller's market. Um, so the buyer might get some concessions financially, but they might not all get repaired by the seller. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I think the key there is to just recognize, and we, we always try to coach our clients on this, is that the seller technically doesn't have to respond even to a request for repairs. There's no obligation for them to do it. It's just a matter, again, it's, it's a negotiation. And that's because it's such a big purchase. This is very different than just buying a car. Um, this is happening over 30 days. So you have this inspection period to say, hey, what can we do about this? And hopefully you come to a win-win on both sides. But sometimes that's walking away and saying, nope. They're not going to do anything. We just have to factor in that 20K in the plumbing, but know that we're pumped on this house and we need to factor that in over the next five years of living there and account for that. And how we coach our sellers in this and, and, uh, you know, sometimes it's worth walking away for the seller, but most of the time when we see requests for repairs, that's maybe a little bit ambitious. We say, hey, you should at least counter with what you feel is reasonable Mm -hmm. because if you lose this buyer, what we've seen is the second time going back into escrow is typically at a lower price than even what yeah. you know the the price minus the request for repairs costs. Yeah. So it's worth the seller looking at and yep. and, and we usually yeah. encourage our sellers to do a home inspection and a pest inspection up front before mm-hmm. you put the home on the market that way it can't be used for leverage later. Yeah. Right? 100%. So that's yep. helpful. It's huge. Okay, so uh, that was number 5 request for repairs number 6 of 8. Um, appraisal contingencies. Uh, so the lender on um, basically day one, when you open escrow, orders an appraisal and it can take a couple of weeks to get back. But what is an appraisal trying to do? Yeah, great question. So appraisal is really important to know, hey, is the value of this house, what you're purchasing it for there? Is that what the house is worth? So what an appraiser is going to do is going to come in there and take one to two mile radius around the property, which we've referenced. We did a whole podcast episode on appraisals because there's a lot that goes into them. But they're basically trying to say like, hey, is this house worth, let's say $900,000 that you put it in? And a couple options could happen. The appraisal could come back at value as is and good to go. It's worth what you're buying it for, which is great. Um, Or the appraisal could come out at more than value. So which is even better because you're getting a good deal on something that might be worth 920, but you're buying it for 900. Um, or in the rare case, this hasn't really been happening in the market over the last year. Um, but that let's say you are purchasing it in contract to purchase for 900. It comes back at 880,000. There's a $20,000 gap that the lender most likely, depending on how much you're going to put down is going to require the buyer to bring in that extra 20,000 because they want to mitigate their risk. They don't want to take on any unnecessary risk for what the house is worth. So then that's where it can be a discussion. Either, you know, the buyer's like, hey, hey, seller, we need a, you know, a $20,000 price reduction to account for this appraisal didn't come back at value, or we'll bring in 10, you reduce by 10. There's a little bit of a negotiation that happens there. And you either get to the point where you agree, or agree to disagree and walk away. Yep. And then once that's done, that appraisal contingency is removed. And then you're to the last contingency, which is the loan contingency. Jeff, what is this? Yeah, so so during this time, the loan is being underwritten by the lender, and um, basically there might be things that uh, they didn't catch on pre-approval that would prevent the lender from lending to the borrower um, or the buyer in, in our case, right? So uh, it could be a number of things. Maybe employment um, varies from week to week, and it, and when they averaged out the actual you know, amount that someone's working, they don't get the, they don't have quite the debt to um, income ratio they need to be able to make the purchase. There's so many things that they look at. um, But any of those things could potentially prevent um, the buyer from being able to qualify for a loan. 
So that's, uh, that's kind of an interesting situation when that happens. We don't have that happen very often because um, our lenders, that, our preferred lenders that we like to work with do a really good job doing a pre, pre-qualification process. Mm-hmm. And they, take, they kind of dig into the things that they know come up yeah. so, that, so that none of us are surprised. Because it's a lot of work on their end. It's a lot of work on our end. Yeah. And uh, they know how to kind of like prevent that from happening. Yeah. But, but it does happen. It's worth doing the homework ahead of time. It is. Because it does set you up for success. And there's a couple of things that we always coach people on to like not do. Try don't, not to do yeah. any big purchases. Don't do that. <laughs> don't open credit cards. Anything that's going to go ahead and affect your credit from different yeah. when you first did pre It can really screw things up. It can, yeah, yeah. 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 You bought a new time. car. <laughs> what are you <laughs> doing? What? You didn't I'll need the you Audi. Buy the house. Yeah, but you could live in the Audi. I don't know. Just <laughs> Maybe. So yeah, when, not a good idea. When we were selling a home, um, we were going to get um, a good chunk of change from it. And so my son was like, we should buy a Lamborghini. <laughs> and I was like, well, mm. good, good thought. But we wouldn't have anywhere to sleep. He's like, dad, we sleep in the Lamborghini. <laughs> beds. I'm like, That's genius. 15 but we're not, not going to do that. So. Priorities. Yeah, he, he was like eight at the time. So eight. Okay, yeah, cool. it, was, it was reasonable in his mind. Uh, so cute. Okay, so that contingency, the loan contingency gets removed. You get a clear to close and then smooth sailing. You have a final walkthrough. Final walkthrough is done usually in the five days leading up to close of escrow. And you're basically just wanting to make sure that the home is in relatively the same condition as it was when you exactly. first saw it and wrote the offer. So yeah. if it's not, what happens, Jeff? Uh, a few minor dings in the walls or whatever. It's not like that big of a deal. But let's say the house like flooded or something. Yeah. Mm. So then you're, you're, you're able to go back to the drawing board and mm-hmm. start from square one. You know, we, there's only one time where this happened. And it's kind of a funny story. Um, actually, so we were purchasing a home this, where, where we've experienced this happen. Major condition change. Uh, we were buying a home in Los Osos, and uh, it was a divorce situation. And the ex-wife goes into the house. Her husband uh, was the one like that was like pushing for the sale, and she was out of the house, and he was moving everything out. She still had a key, gets in the house, turns on all the hot water oh, no. in the whole house. So all the hot water is just flowing, right? But it's not flooding. It's just like flowing into the sinks. And like, I don't know, just interesting. So all the fans just warped. And like, what? it was so crazy. They're just all warped. And then the doors were all peeling off. I mean, everything that was like cheap wood was just, you know, just oh totally. Turned it into a sauna? <laughs> it turned or? it into like a sauna. I was like, what are you doing? You're destroying your, you know. And like, we were really gracious. We still bought the house. But it was it was like this kind of funny like, Man, she's she's kind of a little bit out there. So, um, so like things like that do happen. And in that moment, we could have basically said, "Hey, hold, 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 hold!" Like this is not. Yeah. And then you would have to probably go to mediation or something like that to to get the, the earnest money back and make a case that the condition substantially changed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's kind of interesting. So, assuming that doesn't happen and it looks to be in about the same condition as when you wrote the offer. You sign off on it, and then it's just a waiting game a couple of days usually, and then yeah. you get the, uh, hey, it's loans. it's been funded. We're going to record re- this We're going to record it. What does recording mean? So recording is the moment that the recorder's office receives and accepts recorded digitally now um, the documents in regards to like the grant deed or quick claim deed mm-hmm. um, to the property. The moment that happens, uh, you take priority and you own the home. And then we get to make that fun call. That fun call is our favorite. 
It, it is. I was just going to say that I was thinking about like, we, we make a lot of phone calls as agents <laughs> and there's, but there's like two really good calls. One we kind of skipped over, but it is like, Hey, your offer got accepted. You got accepted offer. We're baby. opening escrow. Come on. That's really exciting. Yeah. But the call to say you closed and we're going to hand you keys to your first home or your vacation home, whatever it might be. Or you like, sold. Yeah. 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 Or you sold. Like making that call is so fun. So yeah. Fun. Check that bank account. It's got a lot bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a blast. Meeting it's the so families, fun. individuals at the home, handing them the keys and just saying thanks. And yeah. Really enjoy and like place. the journey that they yeah. went through to it's get huge. there. Like there's so many emotions involved. Again, yeah. seller or buyer is just like it's it's so fun to get to that point and to be able to cross that finish line. And, um, it can happen anywhere from mid morning to the afternoon. Yeah, you don't know. You, know, you don't know until you get yeah, yeah. that official, uh, it was recorded. All right. Well, that's the escrow process in a nutshell. Thanks boys.